This is the Inspiration Science Podcast, your guiding podcast on evolving your own science in life to holistically strive. We believe there is no general way of living and healing, but your universal way. You succeed the highest when you do you. On this podcast, we'll dive into deep conversations on mental health and aligning purpose to business for enlightening harmony in life. I'm your host, Osin June. Welcome everyone to this episode. Today I have a special guest. I'm so happy to announce it. His name is Richard Lee Tai. So he's a TEDx speaker, a connection coach, and he does something really fundamental that come when it comes to mental health. So he helps other people to connect to themselves and to other people. And uh, with that, um, also his podcast um, got founded, which is Excuses to Connect. And he's also the founder of the Welcome Coaching Services and makes incredible impact um, on a deeper level to help people to live fulfilled and more meaningful lives through connections. So thank you so much for coming on my show, Richard. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's such an honor to be on your show. Awesome. Yeah, in terms of what you do, it's a very inspiring, very deep work that you do because like connecting to ourselves, like what does that even mean and connecting other people. So could you tell us first about a little bit more about your background in what you do, as well as what inspired you to take this path? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because this is not where I expected to end up, but I realized a lot of things in life are not as straightforward as you think it is. In university, I was actually studying with the intention of becoming a music teacher, and I wanted to teach in school. But in the last year of my program, I realized teaching isn't quite for me. I have a lot of friends and family members that are teachers, and they just told me how burnt out they felt. And not just during the past two years of the pandemic, I could see there's a larger trend there where teachers had very little control of their classroom sizes and the curriculum and budget cuts and all that. So I just didn't see it as a sustainable career path for me. So I had a choice to make of, well, what do I want to do now? And when I thought about what, why teaching music appealed to me in the first place, I realized it's because I like making connections with people. Music and teaching just happened to be the mediums I was exposed to the most. For example, in in music, I spent most of my high school Uh, years in the music room hanging out with the other music nerds because that was that's my community and there's something very special of creating music together and sharing with an audience and then when it comes to teaching that's also a very special special type of connection you build with students in terms of being able to impact their lives so I realized okay if what I really care about is teaching and it seemed like that's the common thread through like all my volunteering and extracurricular work, uh, I realized, okay, I want to dive fully into this and see if I can make a living from this. And so that's when I pivoted to entrepreneurship, uh, which is what I'm doing now. Um, Specifically, when it comes to connection coaching, I also ended up getting a certification through the International Coach Federation, since I did want to have some formal training in coaching. It's funny, there's a, there's a quick story I'll share. When it came to teaching, I, I still took some like teaching courses. And I remember we had like this guest speaker come in one day and he asked everyone in the class, like, so all these, these university students wanting to become teachers, they asked everyone in the class, like, why did you want to become a teacher? 
And 50% of the classroom said, I'm, I want to become a teacher because I had a horrible teacher that I want to be able to, you know, correct and, and make things right. And then the other 50% said, I had a great teacher that I want to follow in their footsteps, right? Like they're my role model and I want to be like them. But it just sort of showed me where even like <laughs> there's at least 50% of the class there that have, I don't know, bad memories of a teacher they've had even many, many years later. And so it sort of showed me that there's a lot of responsibility for teachers to make sure that they're doing a good job because students remember. And I see that similar with coaching too. It's like, at the very least, I don't want to do harm to people, but obviously I want to be able to help them and impact them. So I'd rather have some training to, to know I'm doing it, like following some guidelines of doing it well, um, just so you know, similar as being a teacher, I see there's a lot of responsibility there because you're helping someone that's in a very vulnerable position. So that's just a bit of the context of how I switched from music. And that's the core of that. I enjoyed connecting with people. And now I'm just exploring that and doing that fully. That's beautiful. You know, it's amazing how you say it's something that you didn't expect. And it's um, mm -hmm. a lot of things in life. Uh, we have a plan but then God has a different plan for us that is grander, that is maybe something that we didn't thought of. Um, mm -hmm. You help people to overcome the fear of connecting them, you know, to other people, making meaningful connections happening, living more fulfilled. Um, you know, is like, why did you decide to exactly help people particularly in that area? Like, can you connect that to a personal story or something that you experienced by yourself? Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs, they end up doing the type of work, like they have their own pain points and personal experiences that drive what they do. And that was the case for me as well, because uh, I experienced uh, isolation and loneliness too. Um, the main experience I had with that is I had moved cities to go to university and so I was starting in a new place where I didn't know anyone. So I was starting again from scratch. And I think that's the experience for a lot of people when you move somewhere new, where you start school somewhere, or you start a new job. It's this feeling that you don't know anyone and you don't feel like you quite belong or fit in yet. And so for the first few months I was at my, in this new city at the university, I was feeling quite lonely, even though I was surrounded by hundreds of people, like in my lecture halls and the hallways, um, I still felt like I didn't have the same depth of relationship that I had with my friends back home who I've known for years. And so I was trying to figure out, okay, I am missing home. I don't feel like I belong. I feel lonely. And then the thing, the thought that came into my mind too, it's like, I feel like something's wrong with me because it seemed like when I looked at other people, other people had already made their friends um, they were hanging out, partying, that sort of stuff. And I felt like I was left out or I had done something wrong in some way. It wasn't until um, I had started a project. Uh, I was following a, a page for quite a long time called Humans of New York. And for listeners that don't know this, this is a photojournalism project. So this photographer in New York, he would just go interview strangers and then take their photos and then share their stories online. And I was inspired by this and had the idea, like, what if I started that same thing at my university? This would give me a way to get to know people better. And so I started interviewing students and professors and then sharing their stories online. 
And when I asked other students about what their first year in university was like, they also said, it was hard to make friends. I didn't feel like I fit in. I missed home. I felt lonely. And then I realized, oh, it's not just me. I, I'm not alone in feeling lonely. And there's nothing wrong with me. It's just the topic of loneliness is just not talked about very often. And so I think there's still a lot of shame and stigma attached to it, that people feel like it's a taboo subject that they shouldn't talk about. So now that that sort of experience in university and having realized like there's nothing wrong with me, I realized there's lots of, there's probably lots of other people struggling with this, especially over the, like, through the pandemic that they haven't been able to connect with people or they've lost touch with a lot of people. And so now like it's, I, I can see myself spending the rest of my life promoting this talk, topic about loneliness and connection. Um, I know before we started recording our podcast, we talked a little bit about mental health. Um, I'm a big advocate for this word called social health, which has to do with like the quality of our connections and our relationships and our social skills in our life. Um, and I think it's just not talked about enough because <laughs> um, I think there's, I would say a lot of conversation and education now around physical health and mental health, but there's still this whole area of social health. Like in school, I was never taught, here's how you make friends. Here's how you listen to people. Here's how you set healthy boundaries with people. So that's what I'm trying to do through my work now. Hopefully in a few years, like men, uh, social health can be just as common as a term as physical and mental health. I love that. Like it's, it's actually a big part or actually the whole part that actually plays a role in the mental health and other things because you cannot mm -hmm. have the mental health without the social health. So it's kind of the base. And then yes. you also said you help people to connect to themselves so they can mm -hmm. connect with others. Like if you're not aligned with yourself, it's going to be also hard to connect with others. So in your own words and definition, what does it mean for you to be connected to yourself? Um, and, you know, and then therefore it makes it easier to connect with others. Yeah, I, how, I, I can share a story because I went through my own journey of connecting with myself and I still feel like it's a, it's a lifelong journey uh, mm -hmm. with connecting with yourself. But I remember uh, a time where I was really reliant on external validation. I, I wanted my parents to like praise me. I wanted to get all these awards. So my peers and teachers would praise me because I felt like I still was never enough. Like that I felt like I was never good enough. And so I would always seek this validation from other people. And so that was sort of a sign. I can see now very clearly that that meant like I wasn't really connected with myself. I still didn't feel confident or accepting or comfortable with who I was. And so I was trying to seek that validation from other people. It wasn't until I, so in university, I had access to uh, therapy, all the students do. So I, I figured like, let's just take advantage of that. It's already part of my student fees. So I've got to, um, to take care of my mental health, I was going to seek out the therapist just so I could, um, you know, work on myself. And through the few years that I worked with her during the course of my university, I, I realized that I was not connected with myself. I realized that I was seeking this external validation. And it was 
through through those conversations with my therapist and also through my own self-reflection and reading personal development books, um, I was exposed to this uh, author and researcher. Her name is Brene Brown. And she wrote a book. She wrote several books, but the one I'm a biggest fan of is called Daring Greatly. And then in there, she says, it, it's as easy and as complicated as is believing in yourself. <laughs> like that believing that you are worthy. There's That's the only difference. Like the difference between feeling you're not good enough and you are good enough is just believing that you are <laughs> which at that time was like crazy for me to think of because for my whole life I always felt like I wasn't quite good enough but when I read that book that sort of just planted a seed in my mind it's like oh what if what if I was good enough and as I kept working with uh, on myself through therapy I eventually realized like okay I can have inherent self-worth that's not dependent on other people I can be happy with myself and accept myself um, just as I am, like with, because humans are not perfect. Like we we have our flaws, we have our strengths. I'm just accepting myself fully as I am. And I mean, I say that now. It's like much easier said than done. It was a very long process to to come to that conclusion. But once I did come to that conclusion, I felt like I was able to have so much more healthy relationships with other people because then I wasn't placing this unrealistic expectations on other people to meet my needs, right? I don't need to always be waiting and wanting to hear their their validation. Mm -hmm. And also realizing that, um, you know, no, no one person or no one friend group can meet all of my needs. Like a lot of it, I do need, like a person needs to be able to fulfill for themselves um so that was my sort of journey of being able to connect with myself I would say really again it was the shift from feeling like I wasn't good enough and that I needed other people's validation to feeling like I have inherent self-worth um and that I, I can set better boundaries and healthy expectations with how I communicate with others so that's why in my work I always think it's important first like you connect with yourself because if you just try connecting with others it's always from without connecting with yourself first it'll be from this place of sort of this yearning and this desire to like fill some void or gap that you have in yourself that you haven't quite fulfilled for yourself so yeah, yeah that's I love what I would say. you say that I mean thanks for sharing this story it's really powerful and also that you mentioned like you know with the external validation I think many people experience that and I I've known that too because I'm a you know like very ambitious person I'm like yeah I want to have this and then you know the extra mile I need that award I need that nomination I need this and this I want yeah. the best and best in everything and it's crazy when I didn't hear certain things from my close people around me like oh I'm so proud of you and oh you done that when I didn't hear that I'm like yeah it means they're not proud of me yet you know they're not mm, proud of me. Mm -hmm. I need to go further I need to dig deeper and then go to the next thing and I think many people kind of have this thing and you said for you the shift happened but um you know, is there anything particular, like practically seen that you implemented that could help you to not rely too much on the external things? Because many people do have the awareness and yet it's very hard to change. And sometimes it even says it's a traumatic response even. But like, mm. do you have any practical things that you implemented that help you to make this shift? Yeah, 
there, I mean, I think there's lots of different practical exercises that people can try and see what works for them. But I do remember um, one of the things I practice is meditation. And I was sitting in a, a room once, like with a teacher who was leading a guided meditation. And she asked us to think about what is something that we've always wanted someone else to say to us, but like that we haven't heard before. Something that we, we've always wanted to hear, but we, we haven't heard before. And so I, I thought about that. And I think it was something along the lines of similarly to what you had just mentioned, like, you know, Richard, I'm so proud of you. You're where you need to be. You're good enough, all those things. And then she followed that up by saying, okay, whatever phrase or whatever you thought of, what if you just said that to yourself, right? Instead of continuing to wait for someone out there to say that to you, what if you just said that to yourself? And I remember saying that to myself and I think I just started tearing up. <laughs> and and it's, it's just like, oh, I, I, I can provide this for myself, right? I, I don't need to continue you know, striving and waiting and all those sort of things from someone else. Um, Cause I have a relationship to myself too. Like I, I, I can be my own friend mm -hmm. and, and be my own supporter and cheerleader. And so it was a very simple exercise, but it, it really did hit me. Cause it's like, wow. It, just realizing that I can, any support that I need, of course, like no one can just survive by themselves, but realizing like there's quite a lot that I can provide for myself. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes sense that I should develop a good relationship with myself anyway, because I'll be with myself 24 seven for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, and so whatever like my, my internal thoughts are and my feelings are, it, it's worth getting to know, know, know that better, right? Because otherwise, um, it's sort of your, if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, then it's always feels like you're in conflict with yourself. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that, that one exercise of like reflecting on what you've always wanted to hear from someone and then just providing it to yourself. I think that's one practical way um, for listeners to try to apply in their life. Um, I think another one too, that I've practiced is gratitude journaling. I think practicing gratitude helps, it sort of takes your mind off of all the things that you're lacking. Because I think it's very easy for people to get in mindsets like, oh, I'm missing this, I'm not good enough, I'm lacking in this, those sort of things. But gratitude helps shift it to see what do you have right now to be grateful for, whether it's people in your life or your living conditions and just appreciating the moment as you are. Because as you just said before, it's like, otherwise people can feel like, like they're not there yet, right? They think like happiness is more like when I make this amount of money or happiness is when I win this award. Mm -hmm. And so you're always delaying it into the future. Whereas gratitude is like right now, right here, what do I have and what do I have to be grateful for? And so I think that also helps people as well to realize like, you know, to be grateful for your good health or for the good weather or the safety that you have. Like a lot of those basic things that we might just take for granted. And I, again, I think that also helps people to realize like, you know, you, you probably already do have a lot <laughs> in your life to be happy for. You just don't 
pay attention to it that often. So I would recommend those two things, the, that exercise I said before, and then practicing some gratitude journaling. But again, to see like, there's a lot of different things that people can try to see what works for them. Yeah, thank you so much for providing us with these exercises. I think already implementing those two could do a lot. It's always what we make out of it, right? So when we have the different tools. So I mm -hmm. think um, that's really powerful. And um, also, you know, like with your podcast, Excuses to Connect, like the title itself in it is very compelling. And you mentioned also in your speeches, there's always an excuse to connect with the people and that's you know it backs up also with your story when you went to a new environment you make connections happen so mm -hmm. um you know like how did this thing like emerge from and like do, do you have any other examples like when you say there's always an excuse to connect with other people like what were the excuses yeah. that came up for you throughout your life so far yeah um i'll start with how this excuses to connect idea came about. So about a year ago, I had a chance to do a TEDx talk in my city. And that really helped me to clarify what is the one key message I want to share with the world, right? I mean, I know other people that have done multiple TEDx talks, but just imagining that like, this is the one talk that will be out there and associated with me. So what do I want to say? What do I want to share? And again, that helped me to really reflect and see, okay, the core part of my story is about this loneliness that I experienced mm -hmm. and then being able to find an excuse to connect with others and realizing that it doesn't have to be as difficult as I think it is. So in my talk, one of the things that I uh, mentioned, a model that I mentioned is uh, Oh, well, hopefully listeners can watch my talk as well if you link it in the description of the podcast, but I'll, I'll try my best to describe it now. So imagine you, uh, there's three dots. So you, you are a dot on the left and the stranger's the dot on the right. And you're trying to find something that's in the middle of both of you to bridge that gap. Like what is your common ground? That's your excuse to connect. And so... I really feel like it can be anything. I mentioned a few different examples in my talk. Um, for example, I have a card game. It's called We're Not Really Strangers. And this card game is filled with question cards. So it's cards, it's meant to help people get to know each other better. And there's many times when I've asked people, it's like, hey, I have this fun game of question cards to get to know each other better. Would you want to play? And because it's framed as a game, it's a playful like it's, it's an invitation for people, like it's playful. And the nice thing is like, if you run out of things to talk about, you just draw the next card and, and you can like sustain a conversation for like hours that way and get to know people on a deeper level. And every time I've played that, I've had a positive experience. Um, another type of or category of excuses to connect I mentioned in my talk is like, get a dog. And I'm putting that in quotation marks because um, people that actually have dogs there's been so many times when I've seen strangers just approach another stranger and ask if they can pet their dog, right? Dogs are an excuse to connect. Same with babies as well, like, because people are just attracted to like the cuteness of a baby. Mm -hmm. um, but so I'm, I'm sort of thinking like, okay, what are other ways that are similar to this? Like as though you had a dog so that people come approach you. And so I've seen lots of examples out there of like, um, 
like people that wear shirts that say free hugs and they just stand out in like a, like a busy outdoor place and then that's that's their excuse to connect I also know someone uh, she lives in Canada uh, she dresses up every Tuesday in this fancy like 1970s 1980s clothing so like very vintage it really stands stands out and the reason she she does that is so that it's it's a conversation starter people come up to her and ask like why are you wearing that <laughs> um, or wow your dress looks so nice and she does that to spark these connections and so I think there's lots of different ways that it's sort of just shifting the mindset to, to seeing like, oh, how could I connect with this person? Mm-hmm. It's sort of taking back the power of like, instead of waiting for the right conditions, you have the agency and creativity to design it yourself. Um, the one last point I'll, I'll, I'll make here is just ut- utilizing your five senses, right? Like when you're outside in an environment, you use your eyes and your ears and your smell and any of those can be conversation starters too because if you you know you and a stranger are standing in a coffee shop and you know the weather's really nice outside like that can be your conversation starters like wow what a beautiful day today it it can just be as simple as that it doesn't have to be some very complex things like once you open up your mind and you're really present with your five senses you can find that there's quite a lot of conversation starters it doesn't have to be and it doesn't have to lead to a full-blown conversation but I think just having those you know pleasant interactions with strangers can really brighten up their day and brighten up your day as well Um, so yeah that's that's what I would say about finding these excuses to connect and like some examples of how other people have done that and how you could do this too I love that you know and it's really funny that you say that like a lot of things make sense to me looking back because when I see people like because of their energy that I like or something that I admire about them whatever that is seems interesting it's it's really funny I do try to find for excuses to connect for them you know I'm like Mm -hmm. what could I say what do we have in common you know what could be the thing I'm like hey and then reach out or whatever and then say to them something that is related to that and sometimes it takes like one little conversation or how beautiful is the weather. And they can be yeah. so life-changing, the connections that happen with that person. Like 10 minutes mm-hmm. conversation and then 10 years later, maybe this is your business partner, you know? So yeah. it's incredible. So we've been talking a lot about, you know, connecting to ourselves and to others, having the excuse. Um, now talking, actually contrasting that and, the, and, you know, like looking at what holds actually people back. What do you think is like the number one reason that makes it difficult for people to connect when you look at the other side? Yeah, I, I would say it's fear. It's, it's, and fear, there can be lots of different fears under this umbrella, but I've heard before in my, in my personal experience, like fear of rejection is a big one because mm-hmm. when you do approach someone and start a conversation, what if they don't want to talk or, or they think you're weird or all those things. So a lot of those thoughts can go through people's mind. I think it's also the fear of, uh, you know, being like that you're bothering this other person that they won't accept you. Um, I've also seen yeah, like the, the fear of just being different. <laughs> um, that it's very interesting because at, at one point, uh, on one hand, like people want to be able to be authentic 
and be their true selves. But then there's also this aspect like of will they belong to a community? Will other people accept them for their authentic self? And so I think a lot of these internal thoughts run through people's minds before they want to connect with some someone Mm -hmm. and oftentimes it just ends up stopping them because they're like oh all all these things could go wrong so why would I want to take this risk of uh, talking to someone Mm -hmm. which is fair and I, I think it does take a lot of unlearning and reprogramming because those thoughts you you know you could have uh, adopted it from your parents or from your peers because I know growing up like my parents would say to me is like Richard don't talk to strangers right <laughs> and I feel like that's the case where a lot of parents do where they tell their kids don't talk to strangers which is fair because you know you never know what people's intentions are some people might be dangerous and as a kid like I think it, generally it'd be smarter I, if I was a parent it's like just be careful right <laughs> but I think by the time you get to a certain age, when you are an adult, you can realize like most people are very friendly. <laughs> like the, um, the majority of people I've talked to are very friendly and it's okay to start these conversations with them. Cause as you just said, like, you never know, you could just meet someone randomly and they become your business partner 10 years later. And so there's all these opportunities that are there all the time. There's so much value there if you can just get over your your fear um and so how do you get over your fear <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll mention a brief uh exercise that you could do as well so one tool that my therapist introduced me to is called a fear ladder and so imagine there's a ladder right and ladders have lots of different steps so imagine that your goal is at the top of the ladder and let's say the goal is you know, I want to be confident with connecting with people. Mm-hmm. And for each of these different steps of the ladder, it has a different fear rating or fear level. Because, for example, if I tell someone, <laughs> it's like, hey, just, you know, go to someone random on the street and start a conversation with them. That might be an eight or nine on their fear level, because, you know, that's <laughs> very anxiety inducing for them and they they don't feel ready for that and so that's not really a realistic action for them to take because like that fear is levels too high for them Mm -hmm. but then if I ask you know what's the one out of ten on your fear ladder what's something that's still that's slightly outside of your comfort zone but still feels doable for you Mm -hmm. so you can still practice that and it's still working you towards your goal and so I've heard responses before of like, okay, well, I'll text one of my good friends who I already know and ask if they want to go for coffee, right? Like, because that feels still slightly outside of their comfort zone, but still feels doable because, you know, it's very likely that this friend is not going to reject them. They already know them. They already have that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so you just practice that one out of 10 enough times until you feel comfortable going to two out of 10 and three out of 10 and and so on it's sort of just gradually exposing yourself to this fear more and more and develop like expanding your comfort zone um because you start to realize as i said before it's like most people are nice (laughs) it's okay to talk with strangers generally um and then the whole a whole new world's open up to you right now that you don't have that fear like 
there's so many more opportunities and a more meaningful life that you can live now that you you realize you can just connect with anyone i mean for for both of us actually we just connected through instagram as well because i i saw that uh either uh, i think persona had you on your podcast on his podcast or he was on your podcast and so we just connected over that that was our excuse to connect and now we're doing a podcast together so that's just an example of how how all these opportunities can come about so anyway that's what i'll say it's i would say the main barrier is fear and then there's an exercise that i provided that might help you with that that's amazing yeah that's a really powerful thanks for sharing this practical exercise i love that you know you share the tools so people can do that in their own way um now you know like looking back um the the way you are right now you can connect with people you have those excuses to connect you feel more confident in all of that versus you in the past um having this feeling you know of loneliness or sometimes i'm feeling good enough or not reaching really out on that you know the the contrast seems like really strong on that so could you like briefly discuss a little bit on you know how was it before how is it now the way you're living today and you know and also like for people who are listening I'm sure there are people listeners who are maybe introverted they're like really shy they don't feel insecure they don't feel confident so I think it can be very uplifting to hear now this podcast and if you could share a bit more about the contrast and the message you know how to actually go about it to make the first step happen yeah I think one thing I'll preface with first is like, I'm an ordinary person. (laughs) Like I'm not something like super special where yes, I've had this amazing transformation, Mm -hmm. but I genuinely believe that anyone can do this wherever, whatever part of life you're in right now. Because the way I see it is when it comes to social skills, it's like a muscle that you exercise, right? You go to the gym and you, you exercise that muscle and it gets stronger. And it's the same thing when it comes with your social skills. If you practice it, then you get better at it. And if you don't practice it, then it gets weakened over time. And I think that was the case with the pandemic, too. It's like for, for two years, we haven't really interacted very much. So I'm sure when we return to like face-to-face in-person interactions, it's a bit awkward for everyone because our mm-hmm. our sc- social skills are just a bit rusty which is okay um mm-hmm. it's just realizing that it's a practicable skill because for me like yes there's this transformation of before like i felt very lonely and shy and seeking external validation and now i feel much more confident and all that but there's so many little little steps in between there right it's sort of like every time that I start a conversation with a new person um, or every time I am in a conversation with someone I already know, like I'm practicing that skill of listening and Mm -hmm. communication. And so just sort of realizing like you're making pro like through any of those conversations or even just working on yourself and your own self-confidence, like that's progress, right? It's not going to, you're this huge transformation is not going to happen overnight. It's always, lots of little steps along the way and then once you look back you realize oh this is this is how far you've come because this transformation I described probably happened over the course of I don't know five six years which what seems like a long time but it's like um sort of realizing like you you know you, you can take you can practice these skills and and improve every day 
I think the other point I'll make as well in terms of listeners is recognizing that like you're not alone (laughs) like if you're feeling shy and you feel socially anxious you're not the only one that feels that way I have talked with enough people now um, through just regular conversations and through my podcast to realize like you know again a lot of people struggle with this and a lot of people do feel lonely and isolated and there's nothing wrong with that um, I really do want to, again, like normalize these types of conversations and recognizing, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> You're okay. Because um, I think that's like the first step of realizing it's like, okay, now what? What do I want to try out? What do I want to do? Because um, when, you, when you're in that state where you always feel like there's something wrong with you, that really can hold you back. Because then you, you're always weighing yourself down or you're self-sabotaging or just sort of thinking like well why should I even take any action if I'm not going to change if this is just who I am so I think that's sort of the first step of just accepting or just you know asking like what if I am enough and what if I can connect with people and just starting your journey there Um, I guess all that to say like a practical thing too is like you know I'm a big advocate for this and for any listeners that are listening to this episode it's like feel free to reach out to me too because I'll be very understanding and uh, I'd love to hear like how people are doing with their connections right now like wherever you're at in your life and maybe I can provide some more um, insights or resources or connect you with other people I'm very happy to be able to help and support people with that so yeah those are the, the things I would say Thank you. Um, you know, I, I just, as I was listening to you, I realized something very big. I mean, just like the word connection, just very short. It's like, it's like human people. It's like, this is like one thing, the social connection. But I realized like the work that you do, it's like, it's, it's like everything because the whole world is connected, interconnected. It's like the connections of thoughts, connections of people, the connections of habits, stacking the habits. Like it's like literally a worldly, a godly work that like involves everything. So mm. I feel um, this is like so profound, especially also, you know, the quote that also Steve Jobs always says, as you look back, the dots connect. So you see it again, connect and everything that makes so much sense as we look back with every meeting, every conversation. So it's it's very magical, you know, what that can bring and through those connection, having this wisdom gain and um, a lot of insights that you now have as well. And uh, yeah, for all the listeners, again, thank you, Richard, for sharing your insights, your stories, your tips. I hope that people can take this inspiration, implement it in their lives. And where can people best connect with you um, in terms of, you know, like whether it's just reaching out, telling them what they're up to, what they think, or getting personally help from you working if that's, you know, what they really need. So uh, yeah, tell us where they can connect with you. Yeah, thank you. So you can find me on social media. So my name is Richard Lee Tai. So R-I-C-H-A-R-D-L-E-E-T-H-A-I. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter with my name. And then I also do have a website of my work, which is excuses to connect.com. 
So on there, that's also where you can find about my podcast and my coaching services and um, any other, actually one thing that listeners might be interested in, and I do have a resources page on my website as well of like recommended books and articles and um, platforms and apps for connection. So um, that's one place you could check out as well. But again, you can find me on social media of those platforms I mentioned. And then my website, I do have a contact form on there as well. So feel free to reach out on any of those platforms. I do try to check my messages frequently. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. So um, just pretty uh, fast before we end this conversation, um, you mentioned that you also do coaching, right? You do like one-on-ones helping people to get with connections. Um, could you tell us just shortly what you do there and how people, you know, could get your help um, if that's something that they want to have more guidance on? Yeah. Um, currently, I, I offer like three-month and six-month coaching packages. So I do work with people one-on-one and I do have sort of like a workbook that I've designed of like this, some of the extra, actually some of the exercises I've mentioned today, but sort of having this like step-by-step process to help people like, okay, well, what are your goals with connection? And then how can we work together to get you there? Because I think it's such a valuable investment for people because once you know how to connect with people, you have this skill for the rest of your life. It's sort of like unlimited value return. Because as you said, like, this making connections can help you not just in your personal life, but your professional life too, right? With networking and being able to, you know, find the right stages and places to to share about your work. So I think having that skill is so important. So yeah, I do one-on-one coaching sessions with people like for 60 minutes each session and yeah, help them provide some practical tips and help them to work through any of those internal barriers as you're saying before, because I think a lot of it is overcoming people's fears. So that's a lot of the work that I do through coaching as well to help reframe those beliefs um, and then help them to take some action. And yeah, so I've I've worked with clients before where like they came in feeling very shy um, and, you know, feeling like other people are judging them all the time. And by the end, they realized, no, they, they can make connections with anyone and also realizing like other people have the same sort of fears and concerns as well and so people actually have more in common with each other than they think so yeah that's a bit of what I'll say about my coaching um there's there's a section on my website where people can read more about that as well and book an initial call if that's something they're interested in Awesome. So give everyone, Richard, a big follow on Instagram. Reach out to him if that's something that you want to work on as well. And thank you so much again for coming on my show. It's been very uplifting, very energetic as, uh, you know, beyond business and everything like for life. Um, Very, how do you say that? It's wise to imply that because it's going to create so much more impact. And um, yeah, I'm excited for what you else going to create in the future by one year already, probably when we have a conversation, it will be. Important. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say you're doing great work as well. So thanks again for the opportunity to be on your podcast. 
Okay, beautiful souls, thank you so much for taking time out of your day life to untangle wisdom and abundance on all levels. If you feel connection to this audio experience, share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram, Your Universal Way, and my personal Instagram, Osinjun, O-C-C-I-N-J-U-N. And always remember, there is no right or wrong way, just your universal way. See you next time.